Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Visit the Vendor Process Training Center to enroll in your choice of 55 plus training sessions that will help you and your team avoid fraud, compliance fines, and bad vendor data. Or just sign up to get access to Vendor Process FAQs and to attend weekly drop-in live Q&A sessions. Visit training.deborahrrichardson.com today. The link will be in the show notes. So there is a school that converted all of their ACH payment vendors to check payment method after an ACH fraud occurred. And they most likely did that because they felt that positive pay would protect them against you know, future fraud. Well, maybe, but adding an additional step can go further to protect against check payment fraud. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 266, Positive Pay Plus This Step to Mitigate Check Fraud. I actually had a lot of activity in 2023, so still this year as of the uh, publication of this podcast episode, uh, about check fraud because it it was just exploding. And so uh, February, I had an episode or I had a new scam alert that was on a victim and it was cyber fraud prompts butte schools to change a vendor policy and their policy was that they were only going to pay vendors by check only because a cyber thief stole 1.1 million dollars from their district because they did the same thing that everyone does right uh, all the fraudsters will will try right to send that email saying, hey, change my bank account. And so that happened. They uh, lost that 1.1 million. And so they don't say in the uh, actual post or the article, and I will put a link to the scam alert um, on my page. And then if you want to read more, you can click through to the original article, but they don't talk about what controls they have in place around the check writing, right? Because there could be lots of issues or lots of controls around the check writing or check generation process that they need to have in place in order to not, you know, um, encourage or not have uh, payment fraud just on the check side, 
right? And so they don't really talk about that, but I hope they have some check controls in place. And we know that some of the check controls, right, are positive pay in conjunction with your bank. So some of the controls come from your bank and that's if you take advantage of what they offer. Now with the check fraud exploding last year, and I did have some content around check fraud and I had um, probably almost a year ago, or it might've been the time that this came out back in February of 2023, right? Um, So I had podcast episode 226 and I talked about why check fraud was exploding right now. And so if you want to listen to that, please do. But I didn't pay a lot of mind to company losses because of positive pay, because I thought that, you know, with positive pay, everyone was was set and, and hopefully, you know, Butte Schools, right, is set too. But then I found out that many companies might not have the right positive pay uh, to protect them against check fraud. And so I addressed that in episode uh, 255, where I talked about the three types of positive pay. And now I want to address one additional step or control that you can put into place that together with positive pay can help you to mitigate fraud. And I forgot to mention that this episode is part of the scam holidays, a scam busting series that I am having um, from the uh, end of Thanksgiving or really Black Friday through New Year's is what I call scam holidays because that's when the fraudsters know that most of us are in year end. And so we're busy, very distracted. And also, right, that's the time where we're also buying a lot of things. We got secret Santas going on. We have families we got to, you know, uh, buy gifts for. And so they know we are distracted. And by the way, not just external fraudsters, but also internal frosters as well. Because, you know, internal frosters can get a hold of a check. They can intercept checks that are just wait and go to the post office. They can grab a blank check. Um, They've got, they can change uh, the address on vendor records to, to, uh, divert the checks to their, you know, house or their accomplices house or place of business. Right. And so it can be external frosters and internal frosters that are taking advantage of the scam holidays period where we're just all distracted. And so um, I have that scam busting series and I will actually put a link to the scam holidays page where um, from the uh, end of Thanksgiving or from Thanksgiving or really Black Friday through the last week Uh, before um, Christmas in the US, I am tackling a new type of fraud. So last week was shipping scams, right? Because we're buying gifts, they need to be shipped. Um, This week, as you can uh, probably guess, it is uh, check fraud. So make sure you check that out because I'm doing podcasts, videos, um, some other trainings as well that's all related to really four types of scams. So check that out. I will put a link in the show notes. All right. So back to check fraud. So what's going to, what is this extra mitigating step for? So if you have a positive pay, you might think, well, 
I am good. And just to be clear, I'm going to go through the three types that I talked about before um, on episode 266. Um, but really briefly. So the first one is just regular old positive pay. Now your bank may call them different things, but regular old positive pay is what I'm talking about. And that is when a check is generated. You also generate a file to the bank um, to give them the check number and the amount. And so when that check is presented or those checks are presented, they'll check the amount and they'll also check the check number. And if they match, they will go ahead and pay the check. Now, the next one is payee positive pay. So generate the pay file or generate the checks and you generate that um, positive pay file to the bank. But this time you're going to include along with the check number and the amount, the payee name. And so now the payee name has to match along with the check number and the check amount to any checks that are presented. And then the last one is reverse positive pay. And this one is where it could happen that it's temporary because you can't get a pay file to the bank. And so what you do is you will log into the bank and the bank will give you like through the morning to review all the checks that are presented and then reject those that are not um, valid. So those are the three types of positive pay. And so you might think, well, shoot, that's great. You know, Butte schools had it, you know, um, had it right, right? They swish everything to check payments. But there is a scenario where positive pay won't catch it, uh, regular positive pay, nor the payee positive pay. And I'm not quite sure if it'll even be caught with reverse positive pay. And definitely has a less percentage with reverse positive pay if you're doing it throughout these scam holidays, right? Because everybody's busy and it could be just a cursory review. And that scenario is when the uh, external froster or internal froster doesn't change anything on the check. They just endorse it as if they are a payee. So now what do you do? Because the check number hasn't changed, the uh, amount hasn't changed, and the payee has not changed. Now, technically, the bank should catch that. At least I think they are liable initially for catching that. Um, But if they don't, uh, and you don't have uh, reverse positive pay where you're looking at it, or you don't notice it either, right? Who's endorsing the check, then that check is going to be paid. And so this is where that final step comes in. Now it does come in after the fact. So you've already paid the check. Uh, The check has already been paid and the froster has gotten away with it. Now you may have been notified by the vendor that, you know, they haven't been paid and you know that um, when you look it up, that a check has already been issued to the vendor and they're claiming they don't have the payment, even though you verified that the check has been cashed. And so that could be a red flag for fraud. And so one of the ways that you might be able to catch that even before the vendor uh, contacts you is that you review all endorsed checks. Now, either the endorsed checks are going to come with the uh, bank statement or you can get them online. But if you review the back of the check, if anything looks odd, let's say it's internal fraud and you've got an employee's name there, um, 
um, then that could be uh, an indication of internal fraud. Um, and not that you're going to um, always know, right, who's endorsing the back of the check, but if it's a fraudulent one, it's definitely different than um, the last endorsed check um, when it was done legitimately. So maybe um, if it looks odd, you check it against uh, the last uh, endorsed check or other endorsed checks that came from the vendor that were actually endorsed by the vendor. So checking those endorsed checks to make sure there's no red flags for fraud can be another way that you can find that fraud even when it has passed positive pay requirement. So one way to prevent the check fraud or this type of check fraud in the first place is to make sure that the frosters and the the external frosters and the internal frosters don't get a hold of these checks. Now for the external frosters, uh, the best way is to make sure that they're not not able to submit a change of remittance address, right, without some controls in place. And speaking of that, um, Butte Schools, I hope that they had all great addresses, you know, addresses that were still valid because a lot of times vendors, especially if they have ACH payments, won't tell you when they change your address. But hopefully that wasn't the issue. Um, and hopefully they also had a process in place so that if Frosters wanted to change the remittance address, they wouldn't let them because they would have uh, make sure they have uh, some type of confirmation, um, either authenticating data or that confirmation phone call in place. Now for internal frosters, right? How do you prevent them from getting a hold of those checks? And so I have addressed that in the vendor master file tip of the week. I will put a link to the video. Now it doesn't technically come out until Tuesday, December 5th, but with the link, you can watch it earlier. And in that, I am talking about how or what ways uh, internal frosters can intercept checks and what uh, controls you can put into place to avoid it. So make sure you check that out. All right, so that is all that I have for you today for uh, avoiding check scams, which is one of the four types of scams I am focusing on during scam holidays. Don't forget to check the link in the show notes. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 266th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.